You're listening to Solid Sound and joining me online is Istari Lastafaha. How you doing, mate? Yes, well. So people would know you as a musical artist yourself and running the record label, which I'm always mispronouncing. And I'll say it again, Sozialistischer Plattenbau. The Plattenbau bit I can get. Sozialistischer Plattenbau in German. There we go. Yeah. What does that actually mean? Um, Plattenbau is a kind of uh, building in Germany, former uh, GDR, the East Germany, where they start to build uh, huge houses out of concrete parts. So these are industrial made parts of houses like walls and floors and windows. And then they had a construction set to build up these um, buildings. They were quite modern in the GDR. And because they are from the GDR, they called Sozialistischer Plattenbau because you found them also in like Russia and Poland and, and all former Eastern Bloc countries. You find these concrete uh, buildings. They are very massive. And yes, that's where the name comes. Because uh, Plattenbau, there are also two other labels I know from Germany who use this name. So it's like a word play with um, records building and Plattenbau is Platte, we said uh, like a record in Germany. So the Platte, it's a, it's a disc. So the, the buildings are made of concrete discs. That's that's just a description of the name and why, it's, why I choose it. Okay, it's a bit like um, what we might have in the UK or in other parts of the world, which are like these concrete high rise buildings, social housing. You know, high density, a lot of people living in them. Yeah, they're social housings, but in the GDR, they were like modern buildings. So they let rot the old buildings and built these new cities, the socialist uh, new cities for their people. Yeah. Nowadays, of course, these uh, districts are like more uh, underpaid people's districts, like a ghetto or something and social living, uh, social housing blocks. be talking some tunes. Uh, we're starting out here with an old school classic for Hero. Uh, this one on Reinforced Record, No Sleep Raver. You've gone for some interesting tunes in this section. Tell me a bit about this one. Well, it's a classic old school track, I think. So I'm just thought that was would be a good starter for this show. It is indeed. Uh, it's interesting you picked out this one from Four Hero because I mean Four Hero, you know, things like Cooking Up Your Brain and things like that. They're well known for that. I can't say I've ever really heard this one, so you've gone for a bit of a B-side. No, it's from their album, uh, Rough Territory. And yeah, it's, it's a LP coming with a maxi 12-inch um, from Kirk's Nightmare. So it's, it's more an album with like five tracks on each side. I don't know if they are on, on, on a 12-inch each one. No. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I listen to a lot of old school. Um, but yeah, this one is new to my ears, so it's nice. And a lot of the stuff you've gone with here is all new to me, so there's a lot to discover in your tracks today. Uh, so I'm looking forward to listening to some of these.
Yeah, there's a weird vocal on this as well. This was probably what would put me off this track, this vocal. The guy sounds a bit depressed, like. Uh, it's like a, a romantic raver. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Now we switch to the um, Neuromancer electronics track from the uh, early 80s. Heaven 17. Yeah, yeah. I choose this one because this was the uh, first uh, record I taped in early 80s when I was like 10, 10 years old or something. So a friend invited me to his home and his brother was older than we and he was going to disco and stuff and he had the record collection and then we, we listened to the 717 and Grandmaster Flash and I, I copied both records on a tape so that's my first uh, my first music I'm collecting Crisis point, we're near the hour Down the force will do no good Pop you as I feel your power So this brings you back to your childhood? Yeah, but even this track I don't like so much like the others of the album, but I choose this, this one because it uh, blends over to the next track. And what do you think about the politics as well? Like, I would sometimes say, you know, maybe politics, especially in rave music, politics and rave music don't really go together, whereas punk and politics are hand in hand. What's your opinion on, uh, well, not politics, but politics in music? Uh, politics is always a part of life, so I, I appreciate it when it's a topic in the tracks some way. Even there are tracks without any specific topic in it, but most rave tracks they have a uh, like a theme, which you don't really uh, get close if you don't know the track name or something like that. So they they are built in a specific time and and pointing on specific events in their time when they are made or feelings by the musicians. Let's cruise on the dance floor Merge your hands and dance your dance Shake that precious groove thing See, I sometimes think with rave music, I know this isn't rave music, right? But like if you're going out Friday night, Saturday night, you want to forget about the day, you want to forget about work and all the troubles, you just want to escape, you know? Yeah, also escape and also maybe uh, fight against what what bothers you or what you don't you don't like in the week? Yeah. So the the rave tracks normally also have something like this, like work day and stuff, to get this away. So the the, the topic of the tracks are also um, pointing on these issues of the week. Like if you're looking to a Detroit techno, so the the music is like uh, um, like the fabric sound from the Ford uh, industrial workers. Yeah. 
now. Here we go with the next track. I tell you, we go through these tracks. It seems like an, an hour and 20 seems like a long time, but it'd be gone in five minutes, I tell you. Yeah, this one now, Double Dipped Phantasm. This is proper Belgian style, old school rave, isn't it? I guess, I don't know. When I bought the record, it was a white label. There was just Double Dipped written on it. It was like uh, mid 90s and I didn't know what exactly this is and where it comes from. So it was like, okay, I like it, so I buy it. Okay. Actually, I wanted to, to buy some happy hardcore tunes and jungle tunes, but I found this one and I was like, wow, I like this record, but I don't know where it comes from because it was a white label just double dipped on it. I think it's, when you say it's from Netherlands, no, it's sort of Belgian sound, but it's probably from the UK. I don't know. I, I, I mean, you can pull up on Discord to have a quick look. Oh, this bit's nice. I like this. So, according to Discogs, this is 1993 and it comes from the UK. Now, this one I bought in, I think, 1994, or when it was released, because it was one of the biggest rave shops for rave records here in Hamburg on the Reaperbahn con called Container Records and they had uh, like massive stocks of vinyls coming from all mostly from UK so they, they had lots of jungle and happy hardcore and, and music from Rotterdam like like Netherlands techno yeah Germany's very well known for techno and things like that, but people are still listening to like hardcore rave, jungle, uh, things like that, where you are? Or wait, back in those days? Maybe a, a small hardcore crew listening to this sound. The majority is also yeah techno and, and house music, but there were some big parties also here, this jungle and in Berlin, but the scene is more smaller than in, in the UK. Oh, it's a Belgium. I love anything with beeps. I tell you, beeps. Oh man, just beeps. I could listen to beeps all day. Yeah, simple and stupid. It's gone quiet. I can't hear what we're doing. Oh, we're still on the track. There we are. Yeah, I think there was a breakdown with just a sub bass. Ah, you know when you DJ and you're playing and then suddenly something goes quiet and you're like, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, but it's a really low bass. I was also like, track stopped. No, it's just the bass. Yeah. So you do radio as well. That's one of your other gigs. Yeah, I have one radio show uh, on the fourth Friday each month 
for like two hours from 10 to 12 on a small radio station in Hamburg. And that's on the FM? Yeah. Brilliant. 93 FM. Oh, cool. Yeah, my radio show is on 93.9, so we're not that far off. No. Completely <laughs> different geographies, though, <laughs> so. But the, the power of the station is just the district of Hamburg. Well, we're on Dublin South FM. Uh, if you go to Dublin North, you can just about get it, but if you're outside Dublin, forget it. <laughs> What sort of music do you play? I mean, you've got very eclectic tastes in music. I think you like. I think one of the things I'm interested to hear from you is, you know, all the different styles of music you're into. I'd imagine your show is a bit of a crazy mix of everything, right? Uh, sometimes a eclectic mix, but I also do some like playing just one label, um, sortment, playing just one label uh, collection, or or from one artist. So it's like like uh, not always the mix from different labels so I'm choosing one label and play all their releases or one artist's releases and sometimes I'm playing like guest mixes from other people which I like mostly when I don't have the time to uh, play live because having gigs also then it's like okay same Friday I have the radio show I can travel somewhere and play somewhere else so I have to sent in the mix before and how long have you been doing that show for uh, now for like let's say four years but i did this show before like 15 years ago yeah and you do, do you record it and put it online or where can people hear that if they want to or is it just broadcast and that's it most of them are just broadcasted i have like three or four put online on mixcloud i have to go and check that out I see, I see you have a couple of sound clouds as well. I see you have the one for the label and one for yourself as well. So where would that be on your own one, your personal one? Yeah, the, my, my personal SoundCloud page, it's just music for me. And the label SoundCloud is for uh, releases, having like a, a teaser online. But the, the radio show is on Mixcloud, not on SoundCloud. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I have to have a look for that. So quickly, before we miss this one, what's this track? It's Headstrong, an Amiga, Amiga mod file. It sounds like a clips of everything put together. A bit of a mashup. Yeah. It's... Where's this file coming from? Is this one of your own or from somewhere else? No, that's from Euphoria. It's a guy from London. He uh, released uh, some Amiga sound tracker files called the mod files. And he uploaded them in the in the 90s on Aminet. It's a it was a um, network for Amiga software and also music made on Tracker. And then he released a couple of jungle and um, hardcore tunes there. So on the Amiga Net you have a directory for jungle and for hardcore and for 8-bit music 
like for for game music. Yeah. That sounds brilliant. I've never heard of that. <laughs> It's funny. I've never heard of that. This, this is you're opening my eyes to a lot of stuff that, I, I, that considering I've been into rave music for probably the same amount of time as yourself. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff here that I haven't heard of before. Yeah, the the Amiga computer was pretty used used in the 90s from producers with uh, low money or no money because it was a cheap way to have a sampler and a computer in one machine. Oh yeah, it has a retro appeal now. I know a lot of people are still digging up those old Amigas and using Amiga today for that authentic Amiga sound, you know? For that authentic 16-bit sound. 8-bit. <laughs> Oh, was it only eight? I thought it was 16-bit, the Amiga. Yeah, no, they had, they had the, the samples were 8-bit and 22 kilohertz. Ah. So they have this rough sound and mostly the, the, the samples were made like with clipping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's one on YouTube, you find one track by Aphrodite, Beat Booyah that was made with two Amigos, I think. There was one for the bass and the brakes, and the other one for the other samples. And now you've gone for Splash Babylon DJ SS Remix. This is quite a mainstream track. Why have you gone for this one? That was a big tune here in Hamburg. I choose this one because this was uh, played here at the... In Hamburg we have the Elbe and the Harbour, one of the biggest uh, harbors in, in Europe. And they have like a birthday each year for the, for the harbour. So there's one weekend with parties all around the harbour. And then there's this uh, squat area called um, Hafenstraße, which were squatted in the 80s. And they also do like punk concerts and um, dub sound systems and stuff playing there. And then when the, this track was released in the 90s, the rough cut sound system, it was a jungle sound system. They built up a huge sound system and played this track there and it was uh, You hear these bass line miles and miles over the party from the normal people. <laughs> yeah. I think this, uh, this one has a very good bass line. Yeah, you can hear that now. Even on my rubbish headphones, I can hear that bass line. So I, I would choose this jungle track even before the uh, super sharp shooter for the bass line. Ah, so jungle. I love jungle. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty certain you love jungle, right? I mean, we can talk about dubcore, but we'll talk about dubcore a bit later. If we're talking about old school jungle, best ever bassline, I think Dread Bass for me beats them all. You know Dread Bass, what the time you have there, Dread? The first ones have that warp, 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 reverse bass, man. That was such a big tune when that came out. Ah, oh, yeah, not with this one. I had also this one in the selection. But you had to break it down to 15. Yeah. So this was uh, the Dread Bass was by which producer? Dread Bass. 
the track the track was dread bass dread bass i believe yeah the bass who who it was i don't know i don't know who actually was let's go to discogs again it wasn't shy fix so dread bass is lee smith and warren smith i never looked this up before so it's not shy effects now so what do you look for in jungle like if someone's sending you a track and you're listening to it what is it what are your key ingredients for a solid jungle track hard to say on the one side very uh, specific jungle sound and also i'm i'm on the dub core series I'm, I'm looking for something like that is uh something which leads to the future so some some like advancement in the sound like advancement and in, in breakbeat scientology so lately I, I i release stuff which were a mixture of juke and jungle which i like yeah juke and jungle is a fantastic combination of footwork or that sort of style great styles mixing yeah But I tell you, I love the old school jungle sound, and one of the things I absolutely love about the the sub label there, Dubcore, is some of the tunes you've put out on there, and some of the stuff you've done yourself in terms of the jungle has just been incredible. How did you start the label? Um, that was 1999, and I wanted to release some tracks from me on a seven inch. That was the starting point. Before I was trying to bring some stuff in, in a Hamburg drone bass label called Don Q. They release like current value and panacea stuff. And I made a web page for this label. But then then 1999 I released the first 7 inch with um, three tracks. And everything comes out on 7 inch as well as digital the first three were seven inch now i do mostly uh, 12 inches and digital yeah seven inches do not sell very well lately i would say i imagine people want the 12 because of the better quality of the audio right yeah it's longer player playing time and uh, easier to dj the 12 inch than the seven inch i think seven inches still very good for like uh, dub and dancehall music DJs, but they are also used to to play these records. I was gonna say you've had a huge amount of releases as well. Um, I mean, how many releases you've had? About 20, 30, 40, 88 according to Discogs. So there we go. If you subtract the uh, tapes or CDR releases, yeah, something like 80 or 70. Thank you. 
And you're also known for breakcore as well. <laughs> you're into everything, right? Uh, you made a release, breakcore, the death of a genre. Like, how do you think breakcore has been surviving over over the years? It changed a lot because why I came into breakcore is before I released like like jungle stuff and and, and I, I made like on a track of like Amiga computer. I made made like jungle tracks in '94 already, and then I was a little bit. Uh, then, then jungle changed more to drum and bass, and that's I don't like that really because I like these uh, multi-pattern percussion stuff going on in jungle and the bass lines, which are more dubby, and some of these mashed-up uh, riot beats kind of aiming chopped-up stuff I like. But then it changed more to do to, to, to like uh, stuff like tech step and two step, and then then the the, the uh, when I start the label, I found out that there are some more people who do like this distorted jungle sound. So it was not really breakcore at that time, but like like rough jungle tunes, more speed and more distortion on them. So this was like point when I came into the, the breakcore scene stuff. And it was also a kind of uh, network of record labels and producers which we are were connected via uh, distribution networks and parties going on in different countries. So we're talking over another track now. This one's Fade, Fuck the Police. Well, I assume the rest of it's police, right? <laughs> or is it just Fuck the P? Fuck the P. Okay, fuck the party. Fuck the people, maybe. <laughs> trust no one and trust nothing. <laughs> uh, he's talking about trust nobody. <laughs> so maybe it's, yeah. Yeah, this one is from Alpha Cut from uh, Leipzig, from Germany. It's a very nice jungle drum and bass label. And the, the the producer or the the main boss of the label Alpha Cut is Alex C, and he's also one of my chosen uh, cutting engineers. So when you get your vinyl, you get your vinyl made locally, then? Yeah, more or less locally. It's Leipzig. Train ride of like four and a half hours to get there. And so when you're sending out the vinyl then, so you get that cut in Leipzig and you, when it comes out, you, you go to the post office with it in your hand yourself? You don't use a distributor? No, they, they send the records to me and then I send them to distributors. I try to figure out how the pressing plant may send records directly to distributor, but some records I add like stamps or something, so they have to go all through my hand. <laughs> Now, I wasn't too sure where one song finished and another song ended because we're going to go into Underdog Untitled. I don't know where we're at. Where are we at? We're still in the Fade tune? No, that's Underdog now. Now, that's, that's a release from Hamburg. 
Underdog is a label. I think they released three records. And this is a label run by uh, DJ Heimkind, who was part of the Rough Cut crew from Hamburg. They were like the first jungle crew playing out uh, jungle raves in Hamburg. And these are where the guys who playing on this Harbor Birthday um, open air. The track is quite sloppy, I would say. But uh, DJ Heimkent had some um, skateboard sounds in it. So he used to live in a um, concrete building and he have, has a skateboard ramp in his studio where friends of, of him were skating while he is producing the music. Oh, is that what we can hear? Can we hear the skateboards in this? Is that it? Yeah. So when it comes to your own production, um, I, I think it's just phenomenal. Uh, and there's that LP, EP you put out yourself. Um, again, I'm going I'm to be terrible with the old language here, but it was the uh, Le Louis de Hostile. Um, there's some great tracks on that again, like, you know, it's all quite fun, it's quite playful. Like, what are you thinking of when you're making music? Like, what's your, what's your thinking behind how to make stuff? Uh, mostly I'm starting with something and then the, the story tells sometimes by its own what happens then. Mm -hmm. Actually the tracks on this record were quite a compilation of over like 15 or 18 years I think. So there, there, there are two tracks from the last three years and the other two tracks like uh, Fucked Up in the Brain, it's very old, early 2000 and also the other one with a long French name. Yeah, I, I apologize for my pronunciation of pretty much everything. I, I sometimes choose French names, but I cannot speak French, so it's also hard to pronounce these tracks for, for myself. Okay. Yeah, there's a track of yours which I put in my top top tracks of 2020, uh, and it was the Little Tiller Girls and Tiller Boys. And what I love is the bass line, the way it goes, it just goes up, 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 and down, down, down. Up, 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 down, down, down. Really basic, really simple. It's like the beeps earlier on where I say they're very simple and they just totally hook you in. Again, it's a fantastic track. Like, it's quite playful. It's quite simple, but it's just really hooks you in. That was like, I don't know why, when was doing this track but it was like an approach to make a baseline so most stuff is driven by finding out a good baseline so um, 
Maybe this separates me from other breakcore artists where basslines not really play that kind of musical role. Maybe because many tracks from me are like coming from a, a dub background where the bassline is an important part in the music. So when I'm producing tracks, I'm trying to find a, uh, a nice bassline that makes sense for me. So it's almost an impossible question to answer, but what are the main genres of music that you like? Because I know if someone asked me that question, I would be rattling off a long old list. So tell me what the ones that come to mind first when you talk about the genres of music that you like. Well, that's hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe uh, punk music and dub, and then also jungle and hardcore tracks. And then I also I like 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 experimental electronics, ranging from old uh, university compositions like 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 music concrete and um, 80s uh, like like crowd rock like psychedelic music. So a bit of everything. I mean, this track right now I don't know where we are now. Is this the Lord of the D Jamie Let Go track? Yeah. Okay, it's quite experimental electronic, isn't it? Uh, it's like uh, the intro with a field recording. I think from a street somewhere in England where people screaming. There's this woman saying, Jamie, let go. I think there was a street fight or something going on. So this is like a dark style tune. We've already been waiting through dark style, I think the last two tracks, like like the underdog and the fade track before from Alpha Cut are also not not the happiest part of jungle. And this Amen totally brutal rhythms starting now. So one of the differentiations I will make with music is the sort of music you listen to and the sort of music you dance to. I imagine you're pretty much into the music you listen to. Yeah. You prefer listening to music than dancing to it. Well, I also like to dance. I also like to dance to tracks like this. But I played this one several times on parties and this was like the killer. <laughs> <laughs> So it was not a killer in a positive way, but it was like, okay, most of the people had the idea to order another drink on the bar, so they left the dance floor. It's also not a good part for the dance floor.
So you're saying there as well that you like punk music, and and, and there's quite often well documented the, the relationship between punk and rave in the whole DIY ethos and you know freedom of expression and not not mainstream and uh, actually so much there's so much so much correlation between it. What sort of punk stuff are you into? Are you more into um, you know again political stuff, uh, American hardcore? Thrash metal, whatever, what sort of stuff, what sort of punk music do you like listening to? Of course, in German punk music, like with German lyrics and German bands, because I think with punk and the lyrics, it's it's very good to 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 understand the lyrics of your language. So the the so on first hand, there's a German punk bands where I, I understand what they're singing about because it's in. The, the, the topic is in for Germany. What's happening here? And then there were some some like British punk bands, some like Crass, very political band. But but I like their like their their their, their DIY spirit they they invented in the in the punk scene. And also I, on the American punk. I'm more into like like um, like jazzcore or stuff like Minuteman, Victims Family, or No Means No, which are more like having a crossbreed of jazz and funky parts in it. So it's a more hardcore band. What do you reckon? I'll throw some names at you now. What do you reckon to Black Flag? I'm not really a collector of the records. I don't have any records from them. No. Okay. Dead Kennedys. Yeah, I have some Dead Kennedys records, of course. They have also these uh, tracks where they play like jazz music and having punk. So I like I like this switching of genres in their music, like mixing up genres. Also with like I don't know Fred Frisch and John Zorn these jazz musicians they they also made like collaborations with Napalm Death drummer I think and the Japanese screamer from Boredoms yeah you like Napalm Death? yeah I mean as an English person I can't even understand what they're singing so it's all about the energy right? I like their first record actually and the others I don't know so much you mean Scum? Yeah, it's really brutal recording and the, the bass sound and this fuzzing bass and these blast beats. Do you ever hear of Extreme Noise Terror? Yeah, yeah. These grindcore bands I also like a lot, like Source Road with their like three-second songs and stuff like that. Where are we now? We're, were we in Karl Marx Strat? Karl Markstadt? Yeah. That's the one guy from uh, Society Suckers. You'll have to tell me about it. I don't know anything about it. Now, Society Suckers was a, a breakcore duo, two producers from Leipzig, East Germany and Berlin. They were quite popular.
I like this. I mean, it's just this is 100 miles an hour. I love it. Uh, track called 7 million with some orchestra music in it. Very theatrical. Yeah, like like film music. I'd love to see the film. Wouldn't you? If this was the soundtrack, I want to see the film. What do you think the future of vinyl is? Do you think people will still be buying vinyl 20 years from now? It seems to me that I'm amazed that vinyl went beyond the 90s or even 2000, but even now, 2020, people are still buying vinyl. What do you think is the long-term future? I'd a guess. Mm, I think it will survive in some way, but it's more like a collector thing for somebody who wants to collect records and also for some raw people who are still playing or DJing with records. But it's not not like a like a, a mass media for everyone to listen to music. So it's but even I think there are people who enjoy more listening to records than listening on I mean, CDs are like like that, but I think they are still buyers of CDs. But most people I know, they say they don't have a CD player anymore. No. But it but it changed because um, like 20 years ago, when I I get, got records from from outside of the EU or Germany, I have to go to the customs, and then the custom offices were like smiling and saying, "What what is records?" They are still produced, or you buy this? Strange. They don't even want to see my invoice to, 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 to calculate the tax I have to pay, pay. They just said like, okay, each record like on the flea market, okay, it's 50 cent. So it's, you, you order 20 records, so let's say it's 10 euros. So don't, you don't have to pay any tax here. Take your stuff and go. <laughs> and then, now nowadays they they already heard about discogs and and even a, a friend told me he he received a uh, record from a guy who released it on in, in israel and the, the the customs officer went to the computer and checked up on discogs and then came back and said okay this record costs 50 euro and he said yeah but i didn't buy it it's a friend he sent me this record he released it and i know this is very uh, people pay lots of it but i didn't pay anything but he said okay but you have to now tax for 50 euro on, on this record so th this changed a bit on the customs but i think it's the the that the record is like the media for everybody as the only source to 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 listen to music that's a uh, long time over like on the on these underground as a 
underground label, I have to say, uh, the, 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 it starts around 2005 or 7 when it breaks down with the sales set uh, amount of records that has been um, sold. And it went down even before. But I think, yeah, like 13 years ago, it, it started where it really breaks down. some friends who are in their 20s and they collect old school rave stuff from the 90s and for them because they weren't there in the 90s some of them weren't even born in the 90s you know uh, for them it's like actually a connection to the history you know so to them to hold something like let's say a four hero record on 12 the original that's their connection to that you know and as you say it's something physical right something to actually collect right you can't really collect mp3s yeah, it's, I think it's an object also, so it, it had its uh, binding in the past when you when you have the record in your hands and, and, and see the, the, the marks of time on it, like the scratches or the, the, the cover is um, used. History. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's a history. Also for me, when I was like, when I was 14 or 15, I was collecting a lot of, of 60s and 70s music, like like the Beatles and Stones and Jimi Hendrix, The Who and stuff like that. So it was for me also a connection to the past, also to a, to a, a time where I thought when I was 15, this was a better time. <laughs> like I would love to living in 1970 or, or the, like the, the, the year where I was born. I don't know. See, the thing is, if you're born in the 70s, yeah, I would agree with you on that one. There's a lot of great music made. But uh, I don't know, I think I'd be kind of waiting for the 80s and getting into all the, you know, the original first era of rave, you know. Go to America and see, you know, Chicago, Detroit in those early 80s. That'd be something else. Yeah. This guy, I mean, I mean, the guys, the guys who invented acid, right? Who got this 303? Uh, have you ever seen a documentary? And said they got the 303. They didn't know how to work it, and they were just twiddling the knobs randomly, and they made acid. Yeah. Like, can you imagine going going to their apartment and going, "Oh yeah, I'll show you, I'll show you something on this 303. I'll show you what to do with it." You know, that'd be amazing. So this is this this is me. This is me trying to bring you to to talk about acid. Like the acid junkies we now hear in the background. Yeah, as we do, yeah. See, Segway, man. Segway. So this is... Uh, why, why'd you pick this one? Tell me a bit about it. I bought this record actually uh, second-hand just a couple of years ago. And like in the 90s or 80s, I, I wasn't really into acid, I have to say. Like in 87 or 88, I was listening a little bit, but I was like a kid also. But we liked the, these crazy sounds and the... the acid screaming and such stuff like that i also had a computer program where we tried to program like 
acid by our own on, on the samples on the, on the computer. So do you think you might make some acid tunes yourself at some point? No, I did some. The combination of acid and jungle is pure gold in my opinion. I tried to, to uh, blend into some acid tracks on some stuff. Like the I, I released a 7-inch this last year called um, Acid Skanking. Yeah. It was like, like I also did a record before like um, Monstrous Maneuvers on, on a 7-inch which was like more dubstep and acid. I like this acid baseline stuff and I like it I like it when they are like like in this track before very raw and like just just one drum machine and this 303 baseline stuff. It's simple energy, yeah. So where are we now? We're into UHT the Decadenza. Solar Terra. Dancer. I don't know what the track title is, but the EP is called like this. And UHT is uh, underground hardcore techno, I think. And Solatea is a guy from Paris who did run a record label called Cavage, which was very diverse and in the sounds, but it was also on one time it was. Um, connected to the like like spiral tribe hardcore techno parts and, and the other part was more into like breakcore stuff on the French way like French French breakcore and also noise music so he he released on his label Cavage different compilations with like different artists which was ranging from this underground techno stuff to breakcore to uh, French hip hop, and he, the, the the label name Cavage come from um, the, these underground cavages or caves under Paris, where they used to to organize parties and race. There's a history I know nothing about. It's good. It's interesting. When was this? When would this have been? Do they still do those today? Do you know? I think there are still parties going on, but um, Boris, who is solitaire, he died like 10 years ago. Oh, sorry to hear. Yeah. And he was like one of the connecting labels in Paris from, from the breakcore scene in the, in the 2000 years, like last century. So when it comes to raves and parties and things like that, where where do you like going? What, what festival, do you go to any festivals? Are there any cities in Europe or anywhere else in the world you like going to? I do not go so much to uh, festivals because I'm not really the um, open air guy. 
Yeah. But I've been uh, like two or three times at the Fusion Festival because I, 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 had, I had a gig there or played the DJ set and I liked it then on the second day I was there. But then I have to leave again. You don't like sleeping in tents? No, not so uh, much. Totally, totally, totally on the same page. Not so much sleeping in tents. Yeah. And have no sleep the whole night because... The 20 year olds want to just drink and be loud all night. Yeah, but I think I, I didn't sleep, slept anyway so much when I was there. I like to, to play in... in uh, Belgium was great and Netherlands. I was like a uh, couple of times in UK was was really a difference from playing in, in Germany. Like the bank phase I was one time. I didn't know that. I'm not, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to bank phase. I didn't realize you played bank phase. When was that? That was uh, not on this uh, huge event festival but on these uh, monthly. I don't know if they are still doing the monthly shows. Not so much. At the moment not because of... Well, because of Covid is nothing. Yeah, like I think like 13 years ago or 10, they made like these once a month in, at Electrowerks in, in London. Yeah. I played one, one gig there. There was General Levy, and 909 state, elfish, yeah. Track's coming to an end, is it? And now we're going into Arzik, Nazi Europe, fuck off. Yeah, that's a Spiral Tribe member. Yeah. With some banger. Spiral Tribe are quite legendary. Yeah, they started off a lot of free parties, squat parties, things like that. Uh, I'm sure you must be aware of them. Yeah, they also went through Hamburg in the 90s. And then went to Berlin, I think. Yeah. But went also to France. Uh, the, this track is released on a 12-inch called Berlin 93. I don't know which label, actually. Could well be their own label. Because Spar Tribe ran their own label. Do you, know, you, you know the Dead Kennedys had the song Nazi punks fuck off so Nazi Europe fuck off is very uh, similar to that isn't it in naming I wonder is there any sort of head nod to that I think the, in the tune you hear the German anthem like uh, da 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 yeah here mm. 
Germany über alles. Ja, ich denke, das Label Berlin 93 just released this one record. And it's a sub-label of the Expressillion label. It's a French techno label. Which seems something related to the uh, Spiral Tribe. I would guess. I would guess so. I don't know, I'm clicking away through. Uh, I'm clicking through uh, Discogs, which is a bit cheat. A bit of a cheat. I see 69dB uh, on there. I see Spiral Tribe on there. Crystal Distortion. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of those guys on that. And yeah, yeah, a lot of Crystal Distortion 69dB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's got to be Spiral Tribe's label. Well, certainly relate to those guys. Oh, this like a Gabba tune. So it's just a 909 bass drum machine. I had some some connections to the one guy from um, Exploitois, which is also Spiral Tribe connected label from Force. Yeah. We just talked and traded some records. Oh, Traveler's uh, sound system music. So when you're making music yourself, I asked you a bit about your, how you go about making music. What equipment do you use when you're making music? Are you on computers? You've got hardware, synthesizers? Um, I'm using lots of computer and some some synthesizers and drum machines. But depends on the on the music, like like um, breakcore and jungle stuff is more sample related. So I'm using a a computer. Mostly, yeah. And for sometimes for bass lines and, and, and synth stuff, I'm using a modular synthesizer. Then I have a, like a rebuilt 303 machine and stuff like this. Some analog uh, spring reverbs and old delay machines. But most stuff, most stuff is, is done with a computer and then. I used to use a, a sampler, but this was like between 1995 and 2002 or something. But then the, the sampler was too lazy to work with, so I switched to, to a sampler in the computer, which is much quicker and more editable than these um, hardware samplers with small, small uh, screens. Yeah, it's a bit noisy really then, doesn't it? They speeded up the, the BPM at the end, so they did it more quicker. So this track stops now.
slapping and some breaking and some scratching and some breaking and some graffiti and some breaking and then you're gonna see some more breaking. This now is from the, the, the uh, old Berlin Cool Pop label, which was a, a breakwall label from Berlin. They released like stuff like on from DJ Scott, uh, Piss Tank. They are from the old Atari Teenage Riot uh, digital hardcore family of people from Berlin. Yeah. And the the Go Go Goddess is by two two female producers from from their uh, posse, which is also some like of a Gabba hip hop track or something like that. Yeah, this is very much like that old Atari Teenage Riot sort of breakcore, isn't it? With the, with the, with the really heavy guitars and sort of rinsed out or washed out. Um, yeah. Sort of drums and sounds. Nice bouncy 909. Yeah, this one's like the hardcore sound. A guitar riff and a breakbeat. the way they've shaped the sound in here it's nice you know the cut off filter on the kick drum but then this piece oh man if that was played on a loud sound system i'd be like my fingers on my ears i found i found with my age that i can't really listen to stuff that's too loud like this because i'm like i need those frequencies for when i'm 60 you know It's also a little bit like um, Bloody Fists uh, from Australia, like Nasengluten. This is scratching sounds. Have you ever heard of a style called Extratone? A genre called Extratone? Yeah. Where it's like 200,000 BPM or whatever, silly sort of sounds. Do you ever listen to that? What do you think of that? Well, it's, uh, it's more like a noise genre for me than a dance floor rave music. Like, I think I have one record by DJ Bali from Italy. He released a record with tracks like this. Yeah, it's it's more, more harsh noise than music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, Martin, we know what we're doing on our head. 
Uh, what's uh, this? Uh, uh, this is now kind of noise. Yes. <laughs> That's a zipper spy. Uh, also, female producer. And I think she released a lot of kind of breakbeat related but also more like techno repeating records and also very experimental like using a sampler and then let go what's, what's happening with the loops. So it's more like a uh, uh, sound art also. Yeah. The thing with a lot of experimental stuff or noisy stuff or whatever I'd rather be listening to that and not liking it than listening to some mainstream stuff with no new ideas it's just copy paste of what everyone else has done before and it's like do you know at least with experimental some you'll like and some you won't but at least you'll find something new yeah uh, this is also more like like lich music from from uh late 90s or i don't know call it idm or glitch like stuff like kid 606 and uh Nasser and people like that from tiger beat which is also some kind of related to breakcore in my opinion because uh, they use a strange mixture of being more noisy and experimental and also like having adapting some dance floor elements to their tracks and so why did you why did you pick this tune out i wanted to have zipper spy in it for some reason and also because it's like like um like this raga core stuff in breakcore where we're used to use uh, jamaican vocal samples and stuff this is something like 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 an um like a pre breakcore track, this one here. Yeah. Good to check the, uh, her tracks out. I think that she just released like three or four records. Come talk to them because we're intelligent. Intelligent. Come Come again. Hold it. Oh, Miss Lecter, take your time. And now we just come for some straight up jungle, straight up drum and bass. I think that's a, that's some unusual jungle drum and bass track. The Don Don of Dons. I don't know. I bought this record in the 90s in this record store. What I like on this track is there's a very not very much used break in it. I don't know what kind of break this is. Well, it's a kind of a wild, jazzy, with lots of symbols in it. Don't stop touching cars, respect for like green every time. And again, there you go, a bit of juicy bass. It's super bouncy bass. But this record also, it's hard to mix with any other jungle record because it's so, it falls like 
out of any other and it's not like like a blueprinted jungle track. I sometimes collect strange jungle records which are like unusual production. Whether I can cannot tell if the people didn't have the uh, the skills to make proper proper jungle tracks or if they are wanted to make them like special. Yeah, was it was it art or was it random noise? The thing with random noise is, you know, people might say, oh, random noise, it's just random noise, but it's like, well, off you go, go and try and make some yourself. It sounds good. I think that's where the real art comes in, isn't it? It's actually making something that on the surface sounds like chaos, but actually there is a structure to it. Maybe many people say this, this track now is like noise because it's just, but it's more like, like a jazz track for me than anything else, like, it's not noise. So we're coming up to the end of the uh, session. Yeah, I, I, I should have chosen a, a better ending track maybe. This one is just like mashing up in the end. I don't know, I think it brings it back to normality, like, you know? Well, not saying the other stuff wasn't normal, but uh, at least it's understandable, right? Yeah. Last time I DJed before Corona happens that I was playing Eternal Flame. I don't know what's with the... It's a girl band. And, and, the, and the Poodle Club here in Hamburg, it's a small club for special music. And there were some some people from UK, I think, and they they loved it. <laughs> and the, the the people joined in, in circles and dancing Polonaise to it. That was like my 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 last track for the for the evening. It was was not on the weekend, but in the week, like. But it was already like three or four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and that was the last time you DJed. Yeah. One of the really last DJ set before Corona was in Berlin on a on a rave, some some hardcore breakcore rave. Do you ever go to things like the Fuck Parade and things like that? Yeah, we used to make organize some some party afterwards from the Berlin crew. But in the late years, I was sometimes I was by surprise. I was already in Berlin, and then I went went to look at the Fuck Parade. But I'm, I'm not heading so much to Berlin for the pack parade because it's a street parade. So it's not... 
Sim, solicitando style. Vou Well, thank you, Istari, for taking the time to take the call. It was uh, good fun talking to you. Yeah, was good. And uh, yeah, I'll be looking out for more music uh, from you in the future. So thank you very much and uh, goodbye. Yep, goodbye. Good night.